The story of the Negro in America is the story of America. James Baldwin so eloquently describes the impact of the history of America, Canada, um, on the present day. People love to think that what happened a long time ago in the past has no bearing on our present and the future. And um, obviously they're wrong. Let's talk about systemic racism. Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blockading Universe. We're talking about systemic racism today. Oh, it's so interesting because when you go back and you look at, um, you know, history, and I've been studying the works of James Baldwin this uh, month, and what's so interesting is that. Um, the term systemic racism didn't exist uh, back then, but it does now. But it's so uh, exactly what he's describing is this institutionalized, you know, grounded in like policies and practices and laws um, that excludes black people from, uh, you know, beneficial aspects of American living. And so... I find it um, so fascinating that people deny its existence and nothing gets my eyes rolling faster <laughs> than someone saying that, you know, racism is in the past and, oh, you know, get over it. No one would be so bold as to say that to my face, but, you know, people do, you know, in one form or another um, especially here in Canada, it's very, very veiled, um, you know, way of saying like, oh, that doesn't happen here. Oh, that is um, something that is very toxic in Canada is Underground Railroad. We were the saviors of, you know, black people. We don't have the same institutionalized racism as they do in the United States. And that very fact has um, hindered our advancements in eradicating racism, the belief that we feel like we've done the work. Um, and that's what they teach in the history books. You know, that's what um, people that <laughs> don't have the benefit of being black are taught and know um, because we have to learn the real history our parents our family has to teach us how to live in a world where there is racism so we don't get to live in the you know fantasy of oh you know back in the 1800s a law came into place and everything was all you know rainbows and lollipops that's not the world I live in as a black woman and um, so with systemic racism and, you know, having these, you know, barriers 
in place, sometimes very visible, uh, sometimes invisible. It is, um, you know, our, our country was built on this idea that serves white people and it still does. It very much does. And if you don't know what you're looking for or that you even should be looking, um, you can't get rid of it. And I think um, it's something that I find so frustrating. So um, there is examples of this, you know, so the idea that if you follow the story of black people in America, it is the story of America. I mean, you know, black people came in to America, you know, as slaves and, you know, that built so much of America, you know, the people love to gloss over how, you know, things were established and built and it was built out of slave labor it was built out of blood and bondage and and um it's disrespectful to the people who gave their lives um to pretend like it wasn't um you know a nation born out of oppression and you have to own it. You have to own it um, to get through it. It's like, you know, being in therapy. You can't just, you know, move forward without acknowledging the past. And so many people want to move forward without acknowledging the past. And it's just, it's not realistic. And it's the same here in Canada. Um, you know, I can't tell you, I can't tell you how much uh, I hear when I um, do my, you know, talks and presentations on racism in my um, workplace about, you know, the people are being shocked. They're shocked. Oh my gosh, there was slavery. Yeah, um, Indigenous and Black people were enslaved in Canada. And, um, you know, the same thing, the RCMP, which is, you know, the first police force in Canada, they were um, established for policing of um, indigenous peoples and it's a shock to people because they don't teach it they don't teach it here they want there's actually a group of um, people back in the 1800s that dictated what was included in Canadian textbooks and they sort of glossed over this whole history of slavery. It was focusing only on the positives of, you know, Harriet Tubman, the Underground Railroad, you know, those are the stories that um, Canadian children hear. And we are taught a different history, the truth, um, the truth. And uh, I think that if you want to know your country, then you need to look at the history of that country's most oppressed uh, people to get the real 
the real history and educate yourselves. Um, just, yeah, just you sort of follow those people to really find out what your country is about. And um, if you follow that history, you'll see that those systems are still very, very much in place and um, still impact the lives of, of uh, those peoples. So hilariously in the news, um, recently here in Canada, it's Black History Month, February, uh, and <laughs> um, a area of uh, Canada here in Ontario, um, Durham region, they um, had their employees complete like a, like a scavenger hunt for Black History month and it was ludicrous uh it involved talking to a black person um <laughs> and you know i'm laughing but imagine being like that black person that is on the list of like you know someone has like a thing as though you were you know a <laughs> like a i don't know i it you were like a checklist on their scavenger hunt and you know they got some backlash and of course they apologized and it um you know it wasn't they didn't realize how i guess inappropriate it it was and obviously it spoke to the fact that they didn't um they don't have the knowledge they don't have the knowledge of why and i their intentions i I know their intentions, what they were, and uh, it's still awful. But <laughs> the point is, it brings me to this point of, as a person of color, we know so much more about white people than they know about us. And it's, you know, when you talk about systemic racism, you know, why is that? Because the world is built on this myth of white supremacy and you know we have to navigate that space as people of color as a black person I have to know how white people are going to react to the things I do and say um you know to live my life and I you know when I give that example of you know you don't know anything about these people but we have to know everything about white culture people are like what white culture they don't even think white is a culture it doesn't exist and I'm like it's because it's everywhere you don't feel othered in your existence because everything was built for you assuming the assumption is whiteness and then from there everything else has to be tailored to me and that's just <laughs> a uh, crappy fact about the world <laughs> is that in you know North America here in Canada that's just you know it is and so um the fact that uh, most people of color would say that that was a very ridiculous inappropriate thing to have on a checklist 
a white person wouldn't know because they don't have to know what it's like to be a person of color and to be a checklist on someone's scavenger hunt. And <laughs> it's, um, yeah, sorry, I'm just like shaking my head at this, this scavenger hunt. But I, I feel like there's so many examples I can give of um, this systemic racism. And so another thing that I talked about in my talk that I, I use this example because it blows people's minds and I love it. And it's funny because it reminds me, oh, I forget. It's uh, the, uh, the, problem with Apu, that uh, man who wrote, sorry, I can't remember his name, but he wrote that book about like, um, why Apu from The Simpsons is racist. And he like, I remember just hearing this interview with him and he was saying like, this isn't news, like this isn't a book. And they were like, no, trust me, this is a book. This is something that white people don't talk about. And he was like, literally every, (laughs) you know, person I talk to, um, they, you know, his peers, um, other people of color, we get it. We're like, yeah, that's super racist. Um, but he was like, yeah, white people don't have these conversations. They don't know. And of course it's like, you know, this huge book, it's a big seller because it does, you know, again, they don't know about us, what we know about them. And, you know, when I say I have these conversations with my friends and everyone's like, what, you know, this for them, this is like a big, they have to like circuit out they have to go to a TED talk to have talks about race um whereas you know for people of color it's just you know comes up in our everyday life because that's our life um but yeah so so back to the housing so um when you look at uh property so when I was um looking for where you want to live and you know whatever you look in the houses and how the lines are drawn in um, the on the map of like what little I guess I don't know what they call them like county is that a, a county like you know how they group things it is based on two things wealth and race so if you look at the map, it, it it doesn't make any sense. There isn't any natural barrier. Sometimes, like depending on where you go, when the areas get more, you know, um, similar, I would say like, you know, it's all white, um, then the lines are more grid-like. When you get into the metropolises in the city, it's divided in very weird lines. Sometimes there's like a little weird bump, a little weird stretch that includes one little spot. You know, it divvies it up in a way and you realize that across that line, it gets less white. That's the dividing line. And when I tell people this, they're shocked because, you know, it's a quick Google look uh, at the dividing lines of town, and then they could see, oh, my goodness, that is exactly, and they know, or when you talk about what's a good neighborhood and what's a bad neighborhood, it's the areas that are not white that you don't want to live in, and it's a very surprising phenomenon to explain this to a white person because 
it's something that as a black person, I'm very well aware of. And, you know, they're shocked. They're shocked that, you know, it's synonymous with, oh, you don't want to go there. You don't want to live there. You'd be more comfortable in this neighborhood. I think this one's a little better fit for you. These are all ways we divide ourselves. So when we talk about how segregation has ended, has it really? Has it really, really ended? You know, it's just taken on a new form. It's taken on a new way. Would you feel comfortable in that, you know, area where, you know, you live, you know, are you one of like the three black people in Durham region that are getting asked something on a, on a damn uh, black history <laughs> scavenger hunt? You know, these are the divides. It, it just, it's, um, they're different, but the same. The intent is the same, but it just has a different name. So I, 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 I want people to realize that when you look at the history, know your history, know where these things are coming on and just realize that it has a new face. It has a new face, but it's still there. There's still divides. There's still others. There's still systems in place to keep things for white people and, you know, everybody else. So what can we do is the question that everybody asks. Um, And they, you know, education, everyone always says, you know, educate yourself. And that's true. Um, You know, get to know something about your country. You know, find out why when we say defund the police, we don't mean you know, the police shouldn't exist, just acknowledge that it is a racist institution. It was created to police and protect white people against, you know, brown and black people. That's what it was created for. Um, So, and we need to put our funding into other supports, housing supports, social services, you know, those kinds of supports to help people because people are getting um, jailed and criminalized for, for trying to meet their human needs. It's inhumane uh, what people are getting um, imprisoned for. So that's what we mean when we say defund the police. You'll see that in Canada as well, that Indigenous and Black people are um, incarcerated at a much, much higher rate uh, than white people, um, given our population here in Canada is like, it's really not the majority. Um, So it's quite ridiculous. Uh, so, So education is piece of it. But the other part of that is that we have to break this foundation of white supremacy that Canada and America was built on. That's the thing. We have to look at our programs, our policies, our laws, our structures, and, you know, remove this 
foundation. You know, when people say, oh, it's just a bad few apples, you know, for police officers, it's not. It's all bad. The whole bushel is bad. The whole bunch is bad. It's because they are, they don't know that they don't know their history. They don't know that they're reinforcing this process where they see somebody and they, you know, assume they're criminal because of the color of their skin. They, we need to break that system of racism. We need to, um, yeah, we have to break that, that, the foundation it's the foundation of our 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 countries and we have to break it and so that's really you know key and so i think that you know i i truly believe that nothing can be changed unless it's faced and what's problematic um i think in this instance that america is a little bit more advanced than we are in Canada and it's people will be like what <laughs> when I say that because you know we pride ourselves in Canada uh, in comparing ourselves to the United States for so many things um, but in racism we um, we feel superior in the fence sense that we're so far advanced and what it really is is a lack of measuring and um, looking at racism in Canada that we don't have the data to, you know, see how bad we're doing. Um, and I, I think that's the problem. I think we need to start measuring uh, these things and tracking these things. Um, in the research for, you know, doing this podcast, it was so hard to find, you know, um, statistics on the, uh, like, racism in Canada basically systemic racism so I I looked for those things like the um, housing maps and you know the incarceration rate and um, one of the things that the COVID-19 pandemic is doing is highlighting you know these things of you know well well interestingly uh, you know black and indigenous people are more um, affected by the pandemic in Canada as well. Why is that? So, you know, these things are sort of turning that attention um, to get people to actually measure these problems and collect data so that, um, you know, we can't say that we're um, just blanketly with no evidence at all that we are doing better um, than America um, when it comes to racism. So I, I think that we need to educate ourselves and uh, definitely do the work at dismantling um, systemic racism in Canada and America. So yeah, I think um, that is where we're at. Again, I'm just always the optimist and I think that we're well on our way. Um, And I thank you so much for joining me and please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Definitely send me a message um, if there's anything you want me to talk about and I will talk to you next time.